Welcome to the Gym Life Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Gym Life Podcast. My name is Mike Mackerlane, co-founder and president of Gym Supplement Science. With me is our new athlete who I'm super excited about, Ryan Schmidley. Correct? Correct. Yeah, you said it right. All right, Schmidley. All right. Ryan, how you doing, bro? Good, good. Uh, super excited to be at the facility and finally walk around and be a part of the team. Yeah, what do you think so far? Way, way more than I expected. Blown away. Like, far exceeding my expectations. How so? In terms of, like, the in-depth care for everything, the facility itself, like, the team. Everybody's a very personalized connection. Like, I've worked with a number of other like supplement companies, just companies in general, it's just like right. they view you as a number strictly that, it's like strictly business point of view, which I understand, like I get where they're coming from. Right. But also like being in part of like a, a team like this, like technically it's my first day here, but like you were saying, right. just that close knit kind of like family oriented. Well, you're local though, right? I'm from New York, but I live here, yeah. Okay, so. you're here full time? Yeah, yeah, I live here. Okay, cool. Like Woodland Hills, 20 minutes away from here. Okay, well like I told you dude, like I know this is your first time here, but hopefully you come back. Oh, I'm definitely coming back. Is, and, and, and I mean that. So what's actually cool about this place is, you know, you obviously saw the gym in there. Mm -hmm. And so it originally started to where we were at a different location in the same, you know, area and here, the actual same complex. We were just mm -hmm. in a smaller location when Jim and I first started. And so a lot of that equi equipment in there was, um, it served as our main studio. So that's where we used to shoot Jim when we needed content shot and, you know, we'd have events and things like that. And then... Um, so it wasn't until a couple of years ago that Jim wanted his own facility closer where he's at, which is Hollywood proper. Mm -hmm. And so he has about a 4,000 square foot facility down there. And that's where we shoot mainly Jim. So I always have this equipment. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with all this stuff? Yeah. So it was cool because when we, you know, we, we kind of bounced around in terms of, you know, COVID happened and all these things and we restructured uh, this particular place. But I, I live in Westlake and I love this community. Um, you know, uh, being a California resident is not easy these days. I was going to ask you about that. Oh, yeah. You how, do you, how do you like living here? You know, so I was born and raised in California, um, originally from a little small town called Yucca Valley out near Palm Springs, which is like, it's one of those towns that you pass through when you're like going to the Joshua Tree National mm -hmm. Monument. It's actually the main town out there. Um, I love California for it being California. I hate, hate what's happened to California. Um, you know, I have three kids, so I have a, a nine-year-old boy is my oldest, and then I have two daughters. One actually turns seven tomorrow. Happy birthday, Tete. Um, and then my youngest is five. So, you know, but being, so everything around us is like the walls are closing in, to be honest with you, when it comes to this state. Um, you know, it, it's different than when I grew up here. How long have you been out here? I moved here the last August, August 1st. Okay. So, so you, almost a year. Yeah. So you kind of experienced the shit. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I've lived here long enough to realize, like, I don't want to live here forever. Yeah, and, you know, what's interesting is that you saying that is pretty much like 99.9% .9 of all California, except this specific area, mm -hmm. but the walls are closing in. You know, we're, we're pretty close to L.A., um, you know, some of the shit from, you know, NorCal is kind of moving down here because people are finding out about this place. It's still, you know, very entrepreneur-minded, uh, uh, like-minded, family-oriented folks, and it's a beautiful area. You got Malibu Beach, 15 minutes away. You got Ventura Beach, 15 minutes away. L.A., thank God, is a little bit further. But um, so me personally, you know, I'm in a good situation because, um, like I said, I, you know, I could run to work essentially. Uh, you know, I just live right up the road. Um, 
and then everybody here is, you know, they're like family, as I said. Long term, though, I don't know, man. I mean, it's. Have it, you been to Florida? Oh yeah, yeah. I I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere. I I lived in New York for the first like 18, 19 years of my life. Went to college down in Florida for my freshman year. Where'd you go? Florida Gulf Coast University oh, no in kidding. Fort Myers. So I lived there best year of my life. And then going from such a high high to living like LA, right outside LA. Yeah. Just could not be more different. No, like, it's tough. Well, the thing that the thing that's really changed, you know, aside from all the, you know, the taxes, the legislation, and then during COVID we really saw like the tyrannical nature of, you know, government overreach, especially locally. And I think that's one of the things that really opened up a lot of people's eyes was how important, you know, your local representation is uh, making sure because like, you know, things affect you like OC, Orange County, they didn't experience like what we experienced in, in L.A. as well as uh, in, in Ventura County. Um, just because the legislation was like, you know, we're not going to like shut down mm-hmm. restaurants and just have all these, you know, like literally put people out of business. Um but uh, so so that's that's been one thing. But the other thing too is like, dude, the homelessness, bro. It's like, trust me, I know, like, dude, especially where you're at, Fort Myers to like, beautiful Fort Myers right below it is Naples, just pristine, just like every aspect of life is amazing. You go into Target, everybody's happy, it's nice, friendly. Come here, you can't like walk down the street without running into some problem like that, and like it, it's just sad and it takes a toll on you mentally yeah. if you're here for. A you should move time. to Westlake, dude. <laughs> at least at least while you're here we'll find you a spot up here for the time being until you decide to leave my friends are looking at marina del rey and there's like some good apartments down there, there like are. that yeah. that little community seems nice like i've looked at a few different spots like inside the walls there it's nice but it's just right outside that like well, venice and yeah and that's the thing at least at least here so there's so westlake's actually known because of you know it's got a lake and it's got a couple lakes and so there's um and restaurants are really good. So, so this area, it's it's tough because I, I did. I went to school out here. I actually went to uh, the reason why I came down here was I went to uh, California Lutheran University, which is where the Rams uh, mm-hmm. headquarters is. So that's where the Rams their practice facility. And you know, I, I wish that they were there when I was playing college football. Yeah. <laughs> the facilities <laughs> would have been a lot better. Um, but that's where I went to school, and so that's how I ended up down here. So I, I play football. Really interested in sports medicine. Came down here. Um, my brother was actually, uh, he was two years older, so he was already down here and he was playing ball there and I had some opportunities to go some other places, but it was really comfortable down here. And, um, so that's, that's the reason why I ended up here. Um, but, uh, yeah, long-term, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, it, it's tough. Cause as I mentioned, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people, uh, who have worked for the organization now they're moving, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it's understandable. So, but, uh, you know, for the time being today, uh, you know, sun's out. It's a nice day. Got you here. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll deal with one day at a time right now. It's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be in California to work and kind of set myself up for the future. But I know like this, like I can't raise a family here with how things are heading right now, at least. Yeah. It's gonna, And I'm kind of hoping that things can change. Although some of the stuff that I'm seeing, it's just, it's, it's pretty, the thing is, it's funny is you talk to people and, and the, and we're all on the same page. Um, but it's not represented when like these elections happen. Yeah. It's just weird, you know. So like everybody, especially here in like the Ventura County area, um, you know, everyone's pretty much on the same page, you know, for the most part. But then uh, it's like, why are we continuing to have these people who don't represent our standard of living and our, um, you know, ability of how we want to raise our families and things like that? And, and, and 
they just tend to stay in office. Like the same people who literally complete, I mean, and I saw it in, and I know the entire country was pretty much decimated during COVID and I get that. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. You know, I think here it was very depressing. I mean, it was it, California just experienced, I think, like the worst lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And I saw it like, you know, my brother, he actually moved and a lot of people have moved and I have a lot of friends, family, of course. Um, so it is. But, you know, I don't want to make it all about that. Uh, yeah. you know? I mean, I know what you're talking about, though, because yeah. like I was up in New York for that. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah. You, it, you, it, was, it was New York and California. Like we were right at the bottom of like as low as it could go. Were you so, in Manhattan? No, I'm way upstate Buffalo. Like. Okay. The, the border of Canada takes yeah. me 15 minutes to get to Canada. Okay. But even the effect, like, all the way up there, because we're technically still part of New York, all the New York legislation that was being yeah. passed, like, it would just screw everything up. Hopefully it, it it recognized itself enough to where at least your generation, this next generation of leaders, uh, you guys can say, like, hey, man, you know, uh, freedom is very important. You know, personal decisions are very important yeah. to have. Right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But so what do you want to do? So you're in California, so you want, so outside of doing things with us, which we'll talk about, like, what is that you want to do? In terms of just like overall, like fitness oriented, just content, like social media in general. Well, let me bring it back real quick. So how did you, okay, so you, because you're an educated guy, you're telling me a little bit about that. So tell me about you. Like, okay, so I want to know, let's, let's maybe take it from like high school on. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So high school, very studious kid, just all APs, all honors classes, just very book oriented, book driven, just chasing knowledge pretty much. But also outside of school, very driven in terms of athletic performance and athletic desire and what I expected for the future. Would you play? Um, I, I couldn't play for my local like high school. I was playing through a US soccer program called Empire. Wow. Empire, I don't even know the name of it now. They changed, they got bought by like an MLS team or something. Um, but it was run through U.S. soccer, and then there'd be, like, U.S. soccer, like, training camps. So, like, the best people from each team would go down to there, like, every now and then. Um, so it was, like, run through U.S. soccer. You had to sign a contract saying you can't play any other sports or for any other teams just because it's a year-round program. You were that good, huh? You couldn't risk getting injured playing, like, high school basketball right. when, when colleges are looking at you all the time. Or, like, teams like Manchester United would fly over to – watch some of our games when we would be playing like these other MLS teams. So they'd be recruiting us actively and you can't really risk like tearing your ACL playing basketball for your local high school. when right. you could have like your, your entire future on the line of one game. If you have one good performance, essentially. So I was fully in on soccer. I was a center back or left back. If any of you guys out there are playing soccer or have any experience in that. So I was getting recruited heavily to go D one with aspirations to go pro in my mind. I envisioned myself going to college for like two, three years, and then declaring for the draft to get drafted in the MLS and then mm-hmm. hopefully make my way up to Europe. Uh, I'm pretty confident that I would have been able to do it just because like, I know my work ethic. Pretty much anything I want in life, I would just work consistently at, put my entire life on that goal. I, like I, Everybody knows how to get their goal in life. They, they have point A and point B. They, they know the steps they need to get there. The only thing that's stopping them from doing that is the dedication and hard work it takes to do that. Because a lot of people are afraid of doing that and then failing. But failure, like technically I failed, but it was something out of my control. It turned in an injury, a devastating hip injury, three months, no walking. What happened? Torn labrum. They had to cut off part of my femur. They had to go and cut some nerves in my leg. Just, it was bad. Like, uh, it was femoral anterior impingement, just an overuse injury. Pretty much just so much running. So it wasn't like you got 
No, it, it so wasn't it was like a from overuse. Yeah, it wasn't like a contact injury or anything acute oh, like that. It was really just so much running and so much activity that the head of the femur grew outwards. Yeah. So there was basically a thorn on my femur that would just tear through the yeah like everything in my hip, and they had to go in cut that off, just replace everything in my hip that was just torn apart. And Jesus. three months no walking, and then when did this happen? How old were you? Beginning of my senior year, literally the first game of my senior year, we were playing in Gillette Stadium, and I think it was 17, 18 at the time. Just felt something in my hip. Continued playing on it for the next four months. No practicing, just playing, because I I literally couldn't run unless I I had to in the games. So I would just not practice, no conditioning, no technique work, nothing, just playing in the games to get recruited and to keep up, like, my recruiting process because I had – seven or eight like d1 offers lined up and it was pretty much just up until that winter showcase where it would have been like solidified and then i would commit and this is when you're in new york yeah this is when i was in new york like upstate so we would travel all all across the country though to play so everything was lined up everything was going good had this injury at the time we thought it was just like a partially torn groin and then after four or five months of it not going away like not being able to walk without pain got an mri and they're like yeah the doctor came in, said, your hip is pretty much destroyed. Everything's torn up. Your bone's fucked up. You got to get surgery. It's going to be eight-month minimum recovery time. Then you can, like, start working back into it. Depending on how things feel, you might need a second surgery, which I did need for a sports hernia, inguinal canal hernia, which is when they actually went in and cut some nerves. So, like, part of my – the top of my left leg – and groin is pretty much just completely numb. It's that feeling like when you hit your elbow on the table, it's just kind of like tingly. It's like that all the time? Yeah, like anytime you touch it. So, like, the, the upper part of my groin and left leg is just like that all the time, anytime it's touched. Wow. So, not great. Not a good start to senior year or recruiting or anything. How did you deal with that mentally? That's how I got into the gym. So, literally got back from the doctor's office, kind of sat down on my bed, and I was like, damn, this sucks. But it, it was kind of that point in my life where it's, okay, like, what am I going to do? Sit around, do nothing until a year from now when I can maybe play again or just do what I can to set myself up when I do make that return. Cause in my mind I was still like, okay, I can still go pro. Like this isn't the end of, right. this isn't the end of my career. But I was told by multiple people beforehand that like, even before this is what we knew what my injury was when my friends had something similar and they thought it was this. And uh, they were like, yeah, like, if this injury is what we suspect it is, then my career is pretty much done. Like, there's no coming back from this. So that was still in my mind when I came back from the doctor's office, sat in my bed, and I was like, nah, I'm just going to do everything I can to set myself up so that I can have the best return possible and the best chance at making a proper return. Mm-hmm. So I put all my energy into learning as much about fitness and gym nutrition as possible. Gained, because I couldn't run or do, like, any movement anymore. Yeah, again, wait. Gained 30 pounds in, like, three months, and it wasn't like all bad weight it was it was those newbie gains because i was working out prior since like 13 to at that point 17 18 years old how it was much, all sports how specific. much were you like what was your weight i was like 150 maybe like so skinny got, this yeah. this tall i've been this tall since seventh grade i was probably 130 in seventh grade though so right. senior year of high school 145 150 somewhere around there six foot stopped stopped but all that all, all that running day. all that running that's the thing is it's just burning the, yeah. thousands of calories every time and then you have like a conditioning conditioning session just burning an extra amount of calories on top of that every week right so just cold turkey cutting all that out and then actually learning about nutrition actively getting a proper amount of protein and everything in getting calories tracking calories right 
body just responded like crazy along with the proper strength training program doing some hypertrophy work it was pretty much just my body something lit a fire in my body and muscle just kind of exploded gained a lot of weight a lot of it was definitely water weight and fat clearly but where were you getting all that information from youtube the internet you can find anything you want online nowadays and i like i knew I couldn't just sit around and do nothing. I had all this energy pent up. It was either like I sit around and do nothing. And it's going to take a toll on my mental health. I'd never had and I still don't really have any like mental problems or have had any experience with that like negatively. But I knew like it would lead down that road. So I, I've I've always been an active kid growing up just right. doing as much as I can. So I had to put my energy and time into something productive. And there's only so much you can do for school. I wasn't going to just become like a, a book guy. I needed that physical re- release in my life. And that's when I turned to the gym and just my body kind of upper body, I should say lower body couldn't do anything right. <laughs> for those eight months. So it was pretty much the exact opposite of what I'd always done growing up, growing up sports specific training, all lower body plyometric work, agility work, stuff like that. Minimal strength stuff, just kind of fine tuning my body, getting ready to perform as best I could on the field. And then without being able to train lower body and going into like a bodybuilding style program, upper body blew up, strength hypertrophy just put on some good size so, but you and you were still hoping that you were going to get mm-hmm. some, a ride somewhere right i i knew like that there were still verbal offers on the table after i'd made the return but i would need to take a gap year which is what i ended up doing so i graduated senior year and then i took a gap year because i still had those verbal offers i just needed to be able to play in front of them once to show like okay like it's still me i i'm still able to play yeah. and perform at that level and I did that. My first game back, I played like 70 or 80 minutes against Toronto Football Club, an MLS team. Scored the game-winning goal, the only goal scored on them in six months. And then was going to go play down in Florida, played a game or two, and then that's right when COVID struck. So right when I was getting offers oh, back, awful. COVID struck. And like that was the end of the season, the end of the next college season. Right. So I was pretty much stuck up in New York no soccer nothing going on can't leave the house right when i get back into it and it was like okay well we're going back to the gym i guess and i was taking college credits online at that point too so right. I'd, I'd taken a decent amount from so, so you were gonna go but then covid kind of yeah yeah, yeah. So how old are you i'm 21 i just oh, turned 21 in wow, okay. end of march oh, wow, so dude, you're a baby bro. yeah everybody thinks i'm older yeah you seem a lot older than that yeah yeah the, that's what everyone says. Like anytime I meet like a girl or someone, they're like, "Yeah, I thought you were like 25, 26. No, I think you're actually older than me. Uh, uh, actually, my my wife is funny. Like I, we met when I was twenty two. She thought I was like twenty eight. Yeah, I've so, looked this way with a little bit less wrinkles ever since I was like your age. So same yeah, thing. I've been growing a beard since I was like sixteen, seventeen. So <laughs> that just know. means you got high testosterone, man. You're good. I didn't actually. I was naturally low. Oh really? So I'm on TRT. I oh was, really? In in college, I don't know what it was, but like looking into like signs of low testosterone, we were in right. a in a lecture because I was a pre med student at Florida Gulf Coast University in the okay. honors program, all that in a pre med uh, or as a pre med major. I was in like, an anatomy or physiology class, something. We were talking about endocrinology, and we were going over the signs of low testosterone. And I was like, wow, that's like that's that described me. So I got yeah. my blood work done like four separate times. What was it at? mid 300s oh wow yeah that's at, low, at 18 19 years the, yeah, old dude, that's way yeah low. so so we tried everything and i wasn't like overly lean to where it would crash testosterone levels or anything like that i was 13 14 body fat sleep was fine as fine as fine as it could be on having that low testosterone right. sleep was like 
okay, no factor in my life would cause that or anything jumped out that would cause that. Like diet was fine. Everything was okay. It was just a genetic predisposition. Yeah. So I've been yeah. on TRT since 19, 20 years old, something like that. Right. Um, maybe like right before I turned 20. So like I'm still on it to this day, running 130 milligrams a week. What are you at now right, as far as like level? where my levels? Yeah. They're between like 800 to 900. Yeah. So it's like that upper level of like the natural limit. But yeah. I, I still gain like, like I don't claim natty online because I still have the benefit of having more stable levels than a natural right. would. There's less fluctuation. Yeah. So like I don't claim well, but natty yeah. for that reason. Well, you, you know, I mean. The, it's, the, a, it's a slippery slope. Well, it. <laughs> It is and it isn't because the thing is, is like typically, as you know, obviously being a pre-med student, like, you know, your, your, your natural testosterone level should be at optimal levels up until around 25, 26 mm -hmm. as a male. From then, if you're a guy like me, then they go downhill. And I, this is the reason why, like, and I've, and I'm no joke, the reason why, so I, I I've never done anything before mm -hmm. in my life. Um, but our, uh, our alpha gem, which is our natural testosterone booster, uh, dude, that is by far like my favorite product. Cause I was in a slump. Um, you know, cause Jim and I didn't start this brand until I was like 32, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 32. So you would already would have been declining by then. Oh yeah, for sure. And you can feel, I mean, dude, you, you'll, I tell everybody, but like these guys in here, they're like, they're, you know, kind of clipping on the heels at 30. I'm like, just wait until after you're 30, dude. I'm like, oh. it's, it's going to change. And so I started, and I have not been off that As a matter of fact, like the actual dose is supposed to be, you know, like six pills a day, you know, three and three. I'm at 12 um, and no joke, but it, and what's weird is like, I don't actually feel, and I've never had my testosterone levels checked. I was going to ask you, have you had your blood work done before? Nah, or after? I haven't. No. So, but I could just tell because the same things that you probably identified when, uh, you it's know, the same symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I'm lethargic. You know, kind of like, you know, I'm up, I'm down, I'm, I'm tired. I don't have the energy and, you know, sexually, I'm not like, mm -hmm. like, I'm not, you know, like, uh, not uh, what you could be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So, um, and then, so I remember when we, when Jim formulated that product, I was, he's like, dude, he's like, just take it. And I'm like, are you sure? Cause I've never really taken anything like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, like even as a brand owner, cause th the nice thing about this brand is like, Jim is the guy, right? I, I understand that after like yeah. the whole breakdown you gave me. I had, I had an idea that he knew what he was talking about, but oh, he did. he's literally like the OG. He, he dude, knows everything. He is me. I'm the idiot. So that's the nice thing is that right there with you, bro, like, <laughs> but I like it because I get a chance. See, when I started, it was always about like you, I'm curious. I'm just, I'm curious consumer. And so I've always maintained that mindset. I mean, yeah, I, I'm educated in the sense of, you know, what I know and I know what I know very well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my background, you know, we talked a little bit about this before is like sports medicine, kinesiology. So when it comes to training and workout program, but supplementation, I, was, I couldn't tell you. I can now because of him, but a lot of that information was acquired through just being able to ask him questions. And so I had a very unique opportunity to be a young, a young guy. Like, you know, imagine like you getting thrust into where you're, you know, upstairs is Joe Weider, the guy who founded this whole fitness industry, essentially. Um, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger walking by your office to go in and meet people and Sylvester Stallone and like these Titan. And those are the celebrity name drops, but you know, just a lot of the people who make up the industry. Like I, I was running, helping, helping running the Mr. Olympia, which is like the Super Bowl of bodybuilding when I was 22 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, and like my first bodybuilding show and I'm not, I've never been a fucking bodybuilding, you know, I was an athlete like you. 
And um, you and I have actually a similar story about injury too. You mentioned ACL, so I'll get into that. But um, like my first bodybuilding show, I, re- I remember like there was a, there was a guy who I work with, a, a guy by the name of Richard Hart, uh, who was like a mentor of mine. He's an older guy uh, than I was at the time, so he's like in his you know pushing my age now when I first started. And we're like standing back in the Mr. Olympia uh, backstage. And it's like Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler and, you know, like Chris Cormier, like just yeah. these Gunther Schlitter camp who, who I became very, you know, like uh, I know them very well. Mm-hmm. And but I remember I'm sitting back there and I'm just like, dude, what the fuck, you know, like looking around and he looks at me, he's like, so man, um, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, how many bodybuilding shows you been to? And I was like, it's my first one. <laughs> and he's like, I've been to hundreds to finally get the opportunity to be backstage <laughs> at the Olympics. This is your first one. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Call me lucky, I guess. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so you know, when when I don't even know where I was going with that. Uh <laughs> but working underneath Jim. Oh yeah, yeah. So with Jim. So so being being that guy who was just very like curious and then all of a sudden I have the opportunity to be in an industry which I didn't know I really loved. I love training. I love working out. I love sports. Um, you know, as a football, I play football in, in, in college. And, uh, and you know, I had the opportunity to actually go to the, the open NFL combine where I did that. Now, I tore my ACL my junior year in college and came back and, you know, tried to do what you did. You know, you're never the same. Yeah, never. And uh, so to keep a long story short is uh, my last time I actually – tried out you know I, I i got i got an invitation to go down with the uh the arena football league which was the la avengers mm-hmm. and did some camps and others with some other teams uh n- none of the nfl teams you know although you know i did get a 49ers like thing like hey we noticed your time here at the combine it never amounted to anything yeah um but anyway so I, I went down the first day uh the first tryout it was like you know their first camp where they brought in the guys who they wanted to kind of see if they could make the team. And uh, I ended up retiring my ACL. So, Man. you know, and, and I was 22 because it was the same year that I started. Because I was actually, when I graduated, I graduated at 21. Mm-hmm. So I had two degrees, graduated when I was 21. And I'm like, fuck, like, what am I going to do with my life, you know? And, and, and I was setting things up. Um, I always had this thing to where I wanted to develop an online training program. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in college, I was... I was really involved. I played football. I was the head athletic trainer, student athletic trainer for the men's basketball team in the winter and the men's baseball team in the spring. So I was around athletes, writing workout programs, taping their ankles, doing their injury assessment, getting them over to the orthopedist, then doing their post rehab. Because I was at a small school, so we didn't have the departments that you would at like a D1. Yeah, yeah. So the students were actually more involved, which I love because it's like you get a better education in the sense of like hands on. so that's when I started saying, you know, I'm going to try and uh, train. That's the only thing I know how to do as soon as I graduated. And then while I'm personal training, it gave me the flexibility to also go pursue some of these camps. And so that's when I went to the NFL Combine and, and I tried to do some things there and then try to get, you know, uh, touch points with some teams and things like that. And then I was also coaching high school football, too. Um, so I was uh, head JV coach at Oxnard High School. Uh, which is here locally. And mm-hmm. it was cool because my old high school coaches who I played for, they all moved down there. So it was cool to coach with them. Yeah. Um, but it happened real fast. And then, so I had the opportunity to start the magazine literally like the same time Jim did and being in that background and then having somebody who I'm like, God, you know, like 
here's this guy and he's just got all this information, but I don't even understand. Like he's not speaking the language that I would understand. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I had a very good opportunity to start asking questions about like, what is a, like, okay, protein, but what do you mean different types of protein? Um, you, you mentioned, you know, you had your, I didn't understand what a macro was, you know? Yeah, nobody did at the time, yeah. Right, and, and, and like you just mentioned, like you're looking at your percentage of protein or your grams of protein, you I couldn't fucking tell you that, like to save my life. Yeah. Right? I was under the 60, 20, 20 rule, 60% carbs, 20% protein, 20% fats, right? Like. Yeah, the athlete diet. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, right? So, so that's, that's kind of how I got my kick. And then with Jim and, you know, we can, you can ask me as many questions as you want, but that's how I got my start in the industry. And actually I, I, I was personal training at a local 24 hour fitness, um, in Simi Valley, California. And I was, I was training when I wasn't, you know, training clientele. That's where I work out. Mm -hmm. And my workouts were pretty like ridiculous. And I did a lot of the, uh, um, uh, workouts with the bands. And so my senior thesis in high school, or excuse me, high school, in college, was um, to, to, to see if there was a significant difference in utilizing the bands when training uh, with free weight versus not utilizing mm -hmm. them. And so it was a very, very small little, you know, it was only a group of, I think I had six people um, doing it. And I just wanted to see, like, would this increase their one rep max, you know, in the bench or in the squat after, like, a six-week program. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I found like, wow, these things really do, they, they work so well. And just my little insignificant thing that I did to, you know, get my degrees. Um, so I was using the bands like crazy. And, uh, and I actually contacted a guy, um, who my, one of my business partners and one of the other businesses that we have here, uh, body elastics. And there were the bands that have the clips. He's mm -hmm. actually in South Florida. And so his name is Blake Castle. He's become a very good friend. And so he and I got together and we kind of figured out a way to, you know, incorporate bands with different attachments and things like that to be utilized in the gym. So that's what I was doing. And this guy comes up to me, uh, you know, at the gym and, you know, he looked like the rock, a guy by the name of Lia Clark. And he just trained there and he asked me what we were doing. So we were always trained at the same time. It was really late at night. And I found out he happened to be the publisher of muscle and fitness. So he worked on it. He was pretty much running the joint. And, um, that's, that's how I got my start. You know, he just, he, he opened the door and said, look, you know, I'd love to have you come down here and work on the publishing side. And, um, that's how I met Jim. And then, you know, then you saw that opportunity to kind of act as like the liaison between like Jim's knowledge and then the general public to kind of right. dumb it down from a consumer standpoint. Yeah. I mean, and I think that, that that's really, I think in any, in anything that you do in any pursuit in life is you're just trying to make a connection between like where, if you have an interest in something and you're not the expert, go find out who is mm -hmm. and then just try and relay that message in a way that you can like much what you do with your own audience. Like you have a pretty well-established audience and I would imagine again, you and I haven't talked about this, but I would imagine you're trying to just relay content information to help better themselves through your experiences. Yep. I was talking with the team about it as we were filming some of the content and like the breakdown, I was asking if I could get those clips to just throw in because you're saying stuff, you're breaking everything down much better than I could. So I'm going to pass that information along to the people who follow me and then hopefully just grow that audience over time to expand that reach and kind of impact as many people's lives in as positive a way of a way possible right. over time, which well, is all social media is to, yeah. or what it should be. A lot of 
nowadays a lot of people are just in it for the money and like a lot right. of the fitness industry is just kind of making their quick buck and taking advantage you know, of people. Actually, it, it kind of opens up my eyes at because because I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a reason why like just seeing talking with you now, this is the first time we met. Mm -hmm. um, like there's something different about you than because I've, I've interviewed a lot of other athletes, not to take anything away from them, but you know, you, you said something just now, which I think is really important is that, you know, in, in the, in the age of influence in the age of all these, you know, social media is so huge. And I think that large in part people, especially this next generation, it's like everybody wants to be an influencer, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone wants it. It's a popularity contest. It's the most sought after job in the world being right. a YouTuber right now. You ask kids right. 20 years ago what they want to be and be like professional athlete, astronaut, whatever. Nowadays it's YouTuber. Right. Right. I would say that the key to success at that, because it does not change with in, in regards to finding success. And I, I've always defined success as happiness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I, I've had a lot of money. I have, I've had nothing at times, you know, and nothing changes between those circumstances of, you know, financially or, um, uh, you know, any of the material items, it's what you're doing. And I think from a, from a media, social media influencer, like you said, don't chase the money. But if you can actually directly affect your audience in a positive manner that brings joy to not only you, but to them in a service-oriented manner, that is the thing that you're going to truly find success at. Because there will be others out there like you who maybe will create an opportunity for you to succeed within your own lane. And that was my journey. That was my story, right? I, I, nobody ever handed anything to me, but because of my um, philosophy on on kind of like how to live and socialize within people, mm -hmm. and you know, my goals, what you just said, I would try to find the sources of information to where I had an interest in, and then relay that information to an audience. Now. I wasn't the guy who was really, you know, on camera doing these things. I've done those things in the past when it pertains to training. Like I've had a video series and all that and still do. Um, but I sought the guy like Jim to try and help articulate his message in a way that really was transmissible and understood to an audience. And he really was like the first fitness influencer. I mean, I think in, in large yeah. part. Yeah, we talked about it before, but... Like, I, I'd known the name because of the brand. I, I had a general idea of, like, who he was. But I had no idea how much of, like, the first, like, the true OG he was. Yeah. Literally, like, fir first fitness video ever, like, breaking everything down. First, the ingredients, the individual articles. And then people kind of taking that and trying to piece together their own pre-workouts. And then coming to the point where it doesn't make sense for him to just advertise other people's products for only part of their own product. And then creating his own supplement line. Yeah. I have a way better understanding of who he is and his effect. Like all your guys affect like the gym team and then how that has truly, like you said earlier, kind of been a trailblazer in the fitness industry and fitness right. social media today. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a story about that too, just real quick. So something I didn't mention when we were talking earlier is, you know, one of the main reasons why we really did this brand um, and, and, and I knew, and I, there was a video of you at some point. We don't have to get everything out on the table today because you're, hopefully you come back a lot because I, I'm, I'm really, I want the door to be open for you mm. anytime you. Oh, I'll be here more than you guys probably imagined. Dude, you walk in anytime. And that's the thing I, I meant to, I, I kind of lost train of thought about the gym here in terms of the equipment and all that stuff. But, but this place is actually open to a lot of people here mm -hmm. uh, in the community. And there's a lot of people who come in and out and just utilize the gym. 
um, within the community. There's some celebs and people like that who live locally, who all kind of, you know, some professional athletes and things like that. Um, and it's, and it's a great environment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some of the people who we do have, uh, local who are some of our athletes like Kevin Lowe. I don't know if you know, Kevin, mm -hmm. I, I don't know him personally, but I, I like, I've seen his stuff. Kayla. Yeah. So he's here pretty much every, every other day he's shooting content. So really the door is open for you. Okay, cool. Definitely. Um, I'll be taking you up on that. Yeah, please <laughs> do. And, and, and when you start immersing yourself within the culture that we have here, it's really a family oriented thing. Cause you know, it's, it. I think that like, especially when you spend your time to where things are so scheduled out, it kind of becomes mundane, but when you just kind of show up and it's like the spontaneous engagements and interactions, that's when you really find like, wow, this is really a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. So I would really encourage you, like if you're only just 20 minutes away and if, you know, I know you probably have other things during the day that you want to do, but feel free to come and go as you please. Plus you can get all the free supplements you want. So there's a, there's a little, there's a little hook for you there too. Um, but yeah, to, to get back to the social media stuff, um, that to me was really what, what impacted Jim so big. And, and the difference from when we started to where we're at now has been the fact that we knew that the industry would change, both in the way that generations would try and consume media, which, you know, before it was just all muscle and fitness, you know, like even predates my generation. My generation really kind of got brought up with like, oh, there's this new thing called the internet. Mm -hmm. Now we can go there to get information. And I wanted to be the source of information uh, or create the, the the stage, if you will. I want to create the Hollywood, like where do you go to get fitness information? Come to the Hollywood Bowl of Fitness. It is muscleandfitness.com and even bodybuilding.com. So I wanted to position and make sure that Jim had opportunities on both stages mm -hmm. when people would go to those you know forums they could see, well, who is the guy here that we need to listen to? Well, it's that guy. And it be authentic and honest because he really was. So fortunately, he was in the position at that time to do it. And back then, even starting this brand, the supplement industry, as I mentioned, you know, was littered with just, you know, BS products, especially in the pre-workout industry. Um, even today, it's kind of taken a step back from where it, it kind of was peaking around 2016, 2017. And so, Years ago when Jim and I were, for, it was, I think it was like 2013, 2014. Or no, no, excuse me, geez, 2003, 2004. <laughs> I was going to say like that timeline doesn't add up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So 2003, 2004, um, there was actually a committee that was um, put together that Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was the governor of California, he tried to put together a, um, a committee that would essentially help self-regulate the supplement industry from having these nefarious brands just kind of come in. So it's like you had GNC in the room. It was like bodybuilding.com, you know, the guys from Muscle and Fitness, which were me, Jim, and a few others, and all the other supplement brands, you know, Optum Nutrition, Nutrex, Gaspari, BSN, Muscle Tech, like they're all there. Basically every titan in the industry was, was, at, was present at this meeting. And the whole goal was to say, hey, look, guys, okay, let's start make let's make sure that, you know, big government doesn't come in and make you get a prescription for protein because mm -hmm. that's essentially what pharma wants. Yeah. yeah I mean, anything they can do to make another dollar, they're going to do. Exactly. Especially in fat loss, because if you mm -hmm. look at like the fat loss category, it's, it, I mean, the real pandemic in the United States is obesity and heart disease. Yeah. You know? And I how is the American lifestyle? Exactly. And it's designed that way for a reason. Yeah. It and, it, money. And, and if you look at the solutions to fight against that pandemic, it is diet and exercise, and yes, there are supplements out there that do help 
with the process of losing weight, burning fat, you know, keeping your metabolism going. And so the fat loss industry as a whole was really under attack, especially at that time a Federer got taken off the market. Um, so Schwarzenegger came in and said, hey, look, you know, like let's, now that I'm in a political position to try and create a foundation, let's make sure we all can agree on some principles in terms of what products are going to be acceptable into our industry so that, you know, some two dudes in, you know, their garage can't manufacture something, put it in the market, that gets tested. And the next thing you know, like, oh, there's, you know, ingredients in here that shouldn't be in here. And then that gives big government to come in and say, well, listen, this one guy screwed up everything. We need to regulate all you guys now. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it didn't work out because no way in the room could agree. It was like they all pointing their fingers and all that. So that's when I had like an, an epiphany. And in Jim, I did too, because Jim was supposed to be the guy to where he was going to curate all the products. So let's say you want to do, uh, say, hey, I have an idea for a fat burner and blah, 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 blah. Then it would go through a committee, which Jim would be the lead senior science scientist on it, to where he would go ahead and look at your product and say, well, um, this is a proprietary blend, Mr. Ryan, and uh, this that ingredient shouldn't be in there, you know? So he would curate to make sure that there was some standardization mm -hmm. in terms of products yeah. um, to make sure that the things that shouldn't be in there weren't. Um, but of course... I, I, yeah, I can imagine how it, quick, quick that got shut down. <laughs> yeah, it just, it didn't work. And, and um, so years later, that's when... I told Jim and he and I were sitting around literally I was outside um, patio when we we're talking about this brand, we we're shooting some content and, uh, and we we're just talking. It's like, look, the only way that the industry is going to change is if you give the consumers a tool that they can look at to say, this is what change means. And at that time it was like, you couldn't explain to somebody like, okay, the, the, the scoop size of your pre-workout actually does matter. You know, mm -hmm. these little scoops, they're essentially, you know. Garbage, like, you're wasting money. Yeah, you're wasting money. And and so that's what we started doing. I said, and and then Jim brought this up. It was beautiful. He goes, yeah, it's kind of like high fructose corn syrup and trans fats. It's like the consumers know that if those are on the back of a label of a food product, probably not a good idea that you take it, right? They know those two things are mm -hmm. bad. But they have to have, like, the information where they can see what isn't bad. And so that was really the whole thing around starting the brand. And I told him, and, and at the time, we were the only ones, right? Like, we were the only ones who had every one of our products, like a full transparent label and making sure that there was legitimate science and, and backing of each one of the ingredients. And then all Jim and I would do was shoot content. It was like, hey, here's pre-Jim, here's what it is, done, right? Uh, okay, let's talk about um, creatine hydrochloride in pre-gem and why that is different than monohydrate and why did I use it and what's the proper dose of that? And and I'll give you, all you guys out there a little thing for pre-workouts. If your pre-workout, you're going to, you'll take this one too. If your pre-workout contains creatine and you think that's good, it is. However, if you don't have branched chain amino acids in there, specifically leucine or dextrose, something to spike insulin levels. Basically, it's like, you know, my assistant right here, Jamie, trying to come in the door and I have it locked, right? Mm -hmm. She can't get in because she represents creatine 
And basically that handle represents something to spike insulin levels. The creatine cannot get into the muscle cell mm -hmm. if it doesn't have something to spike insulin levels. And you really, there's two main ingredients that you would see on a label. So if you take a look at your creatine, or excuse me, take a look at your pre-workout. It has like creatine monohydrate, creatine hydrochloride, creatine ethyl any type of creatine, creatine nitrate, any of that stuff. It needs something to help spike insulin levels in order for that creatine to be effective. So those were things that Jim and I were talking about, and he was able to explain that. And I told him, I said, look, what's going to end up happening is everyone else is going to catch on. <laughs> so, so we better ride this wave because there's going to be more competition years later. And then because the media will transition from people stop going to one place like bodybuilding.com, we start seeing all these influencers come on. Now it's going to get fragmented. People like yourself, as you said, which is why I asked you earlier, like, where'd you get your information? You're like, I just went to YouTube, mm -hmm. right? YouTube is like an open platform. It's not like a brand of like, hey, these are our experts, right? This is who we're going to have on stage. YouTube's like having the Hollywood Bowl and anybody who wants to come up and sing and dance can, mm -hmm. right? That's why you got to take everything from the internet with a little bit of a grain of salt. Right. You got you to know how to learn to really kind of take the information and apply it. Right. And even as an influencer, as you said before, it's like that's the reason why like looking at it from the standpoint of like the services that you're going to give your consumers and the information, I'm sure you want to be legitimate because it's, it's going to legitimize you. And if that information is just like, oh, that guy's just a pay for play guy, then I think your audience ain't going to be engaged. It's not like you see it all the time. People like they do whatever for views, sell a product, they make a quick buck and then audience catches on. Eventually they may have a long run. It may be short, but eventually the audience is going to catch on because that wave is going to ride out and then all your credibility is gone. So right. we were talking about this before we started the podcast. If you're just fully transparent about everything right. and you say when you don't know something or you don't know that much about a certain topic or product, then you can't really get in trouble for lying, so-called lying about it or promoting right. it because you're just putting everything out there from the jump. So. And, and the other thing too is I'll tell you about this. So the, 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 I got a good piece of advice when I started at Muscle and Fitness, which you said, this way, I really like this guy. I like him. Like, you, you, God, man, you're so beyond your years. Um, best piece of advice I ever got was, and I've used this, I could tell you stories about it, was never be afraid to admit that you don't know something. Because mm -hmm. there's only two things that can happen. Somebody's going to make fun of you for it and try and take advantage of you, and that's easy to spot immediately. Or they're going to try and help you understand it. And then if you are being helped to understand it, you're armed to the T, and then you've developed a relationship with that teacher. Because mm -hmm. that's all it is, that's all life is. It's about teaching other people from your own experiences. When you have kids, you realize that. Mm -hmm. You just want to teach your kids <laughs> the best way possible to where they can try and understand and process the information from the experiences and the knowledge that you just wanna to pass to them. And that in itself is really hard, trust me. Like when you got kids, like they don't wanna learn from it. It's, and I remember telling my, I know everything. And now my parents says, well, when you have kids, you're going to learn. And now I do. So thank you, mom <laughs> and dad. Um, but that that's that's really important. And that's why I kind of get from you is that like, correct me if I'm wrong, but my observation is like, that's what you're really after, right? Is mm -hmm. you're just like passing along good, truthful, transparent information onto your consumers so that they can better themselves. Yeah. So like I said prior, I'm trying to actually have a positive impact on people's lives, whether it's through the gym pushing conversation about men's mental health anything like that i want to actually be able to provide some some sort of positive change for the people who follow me or even if they just view my content they see me one of my videos once they take something away from that that they can implement and get something good back 
whether it's instant down the line, whatever, whether it's just like a subconscious little note, something that they can take away and it's going to positively impact them. And nowadays it's pretty rare on social media. There's a lot of people who say they're trying to do that, but it's really just like these clickbaity type videos for the views, right. whatever they're trying to do to push product, get more conversions, create higher sales. So they're just putting more money in their pocket. And that's what, like and nowadays the fitness industry is pretty much heavily dominant in the influencer space by the younger people, like yeah. similar to my age. So a lot of them, they don't really have that understanding of longevity in the space and really creating that positive change can change a lot of people's lives and set their self, set their own future up in a huge way for the future. And it, it's just a win-win for everybody, but they're only focused on the short term. They only see the, the dollar signs, which is understandable. Like I'm young-ish, like I understand the appeal of money and wanting like that nice car to upgrade, like that nice apartment, nice house, whatever it is, the physical materialistic thing. Like, I understand that, but also my life goal isn't to just have like this nice car or this short term goal. Like right. I'm, I'm looking at where I want to be in the future. Cause like I said prior, it's the goal. I, I know where point B is. I know what I want in the future. I'm at point A right now. I know everything I need to do to get there. And part of that is just working hard, being transparent, and learning along the way and passing that along to my audience. So I have two questions for you. Okay, one, because to remind me, because I will go in circles around somewhere else, is like one, knowing what your future holds, I want to ask you that. But to kind of get back, you're talking about your story in terms of, so you, I want to know how you got here as, as like where you are with like, you know, being the social media influencer that you are now mm -hmm. and what led you in the fitness industry. Because I think you said you were with some other brands too. I'd mm -hmm. love to hear a little bit about that too. So after you were in Florida and you're playing um, for the MLS, the Toronto team or whatever, did you get picked up then? And like, so I wasn't playing for the Toronto team. Or no, um, you were playing against yeah, them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that was I was in talks with all these teams, like a bunch of verbal offers, but it means nothing without like actually signing paper um, to go D one. And then from there, it was like the aspirations go pro. And then that's when COVID struck. So like. Right when, right after the like winter showcase, it's called the three or four games down in Florida. That's when we have like a month break and like the recruiting process kind of picks up because it's like the big event for the first half of the season where all the college coaches are all in once. You've got teams flying from over Europe. All the MLS teams are playing all in the same area. It's just the number one recruiting opportunity. So it was right after then when I was planning on like picking a school signing and that's when COVID struck. So like that kind of wiped that all out. And then I was down in Florida for freshman year, eight, 10 months later, whatever that COVID time period was. I don't even know. It's just kind of a blur in my mind at this point. Yeah. But I was doing my freshman year and then there were people I knew like personally who started social media, started TikTok uh, specifically. Is that where you started with TikTok? Yeah, I started with TikTok. Got That's it. my biggest platform currently. How like, many followers you have on there? 500 something thousand. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, but on TikTok, like it's not that big because there's a lot of users on the platform and it takes one second to follow someone. So, as you know, we work with the Sway guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll that. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah. Um, so like TikTok isn't as like that following isn't as meaningful as something like Instagram or YouTube. So the conversion to Instagram is obviously way smaller. I've got like 50 something thousand on that and then youtube i've got like eight thousand something just started like really focusing on that so you just started doing TikTok like when you're in florida right yeah like, yeah because like, I, I, I saw time or? i saw that there was an opportunity there to like 
make that a living because I would like as a pre-med student that that lifestyle is completely different than a social media lifestyle where I'm my own boss I can do whatever I want to do whenever the money right. I make is pretty much like up to me and the deals that I take or like whatever route I want to go down so what did you start doing in terms of content on TikTok? Like, what was your goal? Like, you just did stuff that you would do during the day? I, I was posting everything. It was fitness-oriented, but it was it. just everything, like trending, bodybuilding stuff, whatever that would get views and gain a following. So I understand the perspective or, like, the point of view from these people who are in it for the money and how those views can translate to money. I understand that perspective. But also, I like, I've learned from that experience of just making content for the views to grow my channel instead of like making money so i've learned from growing my channel making content just for the views the numbers and to how to actually have a positive impact and create change and impact these young kids because tiktok is that younger demographic it's 13 18 maybe 24 years old people are on it, and then it's kind of they're in the real world they're doing their own thing mm -hmm. so you're you're impacting these kids in a very influential stage of their life so whatever you post whether you like it or not and whether you want to believe it or not it's going to have some sort of an impact what type so, of content would you post uh i like, blew i blew up on my first series i did was talking about genetics like insertions like the different bicep insertions um tricep insertions different like the quad sweep stuff like that and then it was like rating physiques based on my own opinion in terms of like bodybuilding and what my dream physique was and people loved it for some reason really they gave my opinion just like some sort of crazy value so i would rate some fitness influencers physique i'd be like oh he's a 9.8 they would get crazy man i'd be like nah that's a 10 that's a 10 out of 10 it's like <laughs> right. and i would always just say like no perfection isn't attainable because there could always be somebody in the future who's got a better physique and it's subjective or it's my opinion so it really doesn't matter like you may rate him higher than I would, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's literally just content for entertainment at that point because it's my own view on something that doesn't really have an impact on you. Mm -hmm. And people love that series, Blue. If I would, they would request the favorite athletes, celebrities, everything. And I remember the one month I did that, I had 200 million views and TikTok banned me. It, it was, it's Are you like, serious? yeah, I got banned for three months. Why? Because I was growing too fast. It's like, yeah. it's a common thing on TikTok. They kind of like, hand select they're gonna deny it and i have like tiktok managers probably gonna be mad at me for saying this yeah they're gonna deny it but they kind of hand select or the algorithm the ai hand selects creators who they want to pop off whether it's like certain lighting certain backgrounds they there's oh, yeah. little there's little things they look for where they want this person to succeed if somebody's growing too fast or doing something that they don't like getting too much traction that they're not kind of looking to give they'll just kind of take them off the platform well, it happened to jim 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 got mm -hmm. jim had over four hundred thousand, mm -hmm. and i mean it grew like within a month yeah and then all of a sudden count banned and yep. now he like so he had to reshoot everything because you know all those videos i don't think he saved them or like they you know he's got to have auto save on or something so yeah like every, every video i have he now, learned from yeah he learned from that but like yeah. a lot of stuff he had to reshoot but then even like, uh, as you know, with TikTok, even if he had those videos, he couldn't re-upload them because he had to use, like, the mm -hmm. tools because if it, like, had music, it'd be, yeah. like, a violation of the music or whatever. But, yeah, and so now I think he's, like, he struggled to get back 100,000. Yeah. Then. So it's, I mean, the algorithm now, like, specifically today is really bad in terms of how it's treating fitness content creators. Just the past week, they're doing some update, and there's, like, a few of my friends, millions of followers, they'll post something like just a basic workout video. It'll get a thousand views in 10 hours. 
which is like you have millions of followers. Right. You, you should be getting more than a thousand views. Yeah, it's limiting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was talking about it with my manager last night and she was kind of like blown away by that. And it seems like it's only the fitness niche, which TikTok as a platform is just kind of hard on fitness creators in general, just because like if you have your shirt off, they flag you as yeah, like, fat shaming yeah, and yeah, everything yeah. you get flagged for. Yeah, we we you know it's funny you mentioned that because we were as I mentioned aside from a lot of the fitness platform stuff, like we were kind of pioneered a lot of the stuff even social media and Facebook at the time was really big and mm -hmm. it's interesting because we deal with that all the time and we we actually have the the gym army Facebook community. Um, I would encourage you. I know Facebook's a little bit you know. Uh, maybe not necessarily your generation, but that is the most, one of the most active groups on Facebook. To join that group or to post on Facebook? It, it, well, to, to join and post on that because that that is our community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's about 120,000, like extremely. Yeah, the diehard. Like yeah. they are, I mean, so by scale, it's not the biggest, but by engagement. I mean, mm -hmm. there is anywhere between four to 500 engagements a day on that page mm -hmm. from people posting, commenting and all that stuff. I mean, it's insane. And, uh, but, but it's interesting you said, cause Jim on his own, uh, Facebook page, um, you know, he has over, you know, there's like 1.2, 1.3 million. And early on, dude, we would, we would post like organically and just, it, it was like thousands of mm -hmm. comments. And then obviously it changed pay for play, but even now the pay yep. for play stuff, you can't show literally anybody with your shirt off because it's like, well, you're it's considered bad, it's yeah. fat shaming in the sense like, are you freaking kidding mm -hmm. me? You're trying to help people show like, this is this person's transformation. Like I did in the wall there. Like we can't <laughs> even show transformations. Yeah. It's bad. It's ridiculous. I did a post on TikTok like last week, like a transformation post, just me like a few years throughout my life. And one of them was when I was like 10 or 11 years old, they took it down the first time for like minor safety. <sighs> I put it up again. They took it down again for minor safety, appealed them both, and like, yeah, like this violates us. And then my account had an account warning. And then I had a live, like a live stream. I was streaming on Twitch, um, and which is another way like I interact with my following, just like playing video games with them, talking with them, reacting to videos with them. Um, just kind of filters out to the more dedicated followers. And I, I don't I don't consider them like fans. Like when I talk to them and meet them in person, they're literally like my friends. Like yeah. I don't I don't I don't know them personally, but yeah. they know me. So it's literally yeah. like we're homies at that point. Yeah. So like, I'll do anything for them. We can play video games, whatever. Like y'all are my boys. Yeah. Um, no, it did. It's it, I, that. That's the reason why I love this gym. Like you mm -hmm. see my shirt says gym army, mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that is the community who has literally adopted our, not just the brand. Cause the thing is like, I, fuck, anybody can sell fucking product. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard to build a brand. And I, I there was a podcast. I did one of the early ones is it's, it's, um, it's called creating evangelism in your brand. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, and and I use that terminology not in the sense of like, you know, going to church or anything, but it is like that. People who actually go to church and do that thing and have faith in something and they buy into it, not because they're paid or they're forced, it's because they want to, right? There's, there's, a, there's a need of some type of emotional nourishment um, and in our case, a physical nourishment that they get out of the brand because we're fitness. And that's when you create longevity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like trying to convince somebody of one, you know, set of beliefs and faith to convert. Very difficult. They're never going to convert, you know, convert away from, from their philosophies and their evangelism into that faith. So when I say create evangelism within your brand and your brand is you, 
Mm-hmm. I would offer the advice is what you just said, which is so cool because you're so natural at it, which is you don't consider them fans. Mm-hmm. Like I don't consider these people consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, we create a product in which they have the opportunity to get in a service that we provide because I'm selfish and I want it for myself. I want the best protein. I want the best pre-workout. I want the best fitness app. You know, I want the best workout programs for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we just try to make them available to other people. And like yourself, you just said, you, 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 they become like your homies. They, they became your friends because you're like-minded. Mm-hmm. You're all of the same belief systems and you're after the same things, but we're not all in the same space. Social media allows us to be in that space to where we now create that camaraderie. And it really is unfortunate when you have, you know, the social media platforms that limit that Mm -hmm. because I think today's day and age, it's so hard because all people want is the truth. And you and I talked briefly about this is that if you can create that transparency, you can create that, that authenticity within your brand. And as you mentioned earlier, you have nothing to fear. You become bulletproof because you're just, you're vulnerable. And today's day and age, that's all that people are after with all the disinformation and misinformation, the BS and all the stuff going on within the culture. People just want truth and authenticity. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're now part of the brand here because I think that you represent all the core values and the beliefs that we have as a brand, you know? So I, honestly, that, that, that's really good to know. So real quick, because I know we're going on, well, over an hour, Hal, which I could talk to you all day. Same. I, I, I talk forever. <laughs> I, I love it, though. I love it. But what, what, so when you start doing TikTok and all that stuff, so it kind of blew up from doing all that stuff. And then what kind of, like, navigated you to where you are now? Like, what did you go with other brands or the brands reaching out to you? Like, how did all that stuff come? Yeah, so how I got to where I am now and to becoming a part of the gym, I've worked with brands like clothing brands, supplement brands, just everything in between where we've run into those problems of they say the product is something and then it's something else. They're lying to not only me, but the the consumers as well. So it, by association, I'm You can lying. give examples, I'm, bro. It's fine. Like, we, you know, I mean, you don't have to say specific. I don't, I don't know yeah, legally if yeah. I'm allowed to yeah. um, in terms of prior contracts, but just past supplement companies having – their products literally stripped from the shelves and stripped from the website uh, because yeah, of yeah, yeah. banned substances, like past the proprietary blend stuff, just banned substances being in. It's like, I'm not trying to promote banned products and stuff that's not healthy to yeah. my following, like a young impressionable following, which is listening to what I'm saying. I don't like, I'd rather just not make the sale. Like I don't care about the money. Just I want to sell good, clean products right. and stuff that I actually stand behind that it fits with who I am as a person and my yeah. brand. I'm not trying to just make a quick buck. Like, I yeah. don't really care. I can make money doing something else. If I if I can't make money doing fitness, social media, or social media in general, I'll get a job and I'll still do social media. Yeah. Because, like, that's what I want to do. And that's what I was prepared to do when I moved to L.A. Like, now I'm making more money than I was when I first moved here. But I was fully prepared to, like, work a part-time job, work a full-time job, whatever it was, to be able to pay rent. When I moved here, I rented three different Airbnbs out for three months because it was cheaper than, like, put, putting <laughs> right. a down payment on an apartment. And, right. Like I landed and I got a car and I knew I was going to figure it out here eventually just because of who I am as a person. So if I had to not work with the company for a while and I didn't, I didn't work with a supplement company for two or three months because I I tried literally every supplement company you can imagine trying to find the right fit 
and really taking my time because I. What were you looking for in a brand? That full transparency, good, clean products like that. I, I didn't know that we had that close knit like family type vibe that Jim has until I came here today. But it was more personalized than every other brand that I was talking to. So how did you how did you even come across us? I'm just curious. Morgan like, just emailed me. Randomly. Oh, she did really. Yeah, and it was a while ago. I was looking through my spam folder in my business email. And it was gym subs. And I hadn't heard of you guys then because I wasn't like big into the supplement side of things where I was actively like researching different ingredients, creating like my own supplement label, like formulating products in my mind or really kind of looking into it like that. It was just very baseline knowledge. And in my spam folder, it was JYM supplements, whatever the email was. And I was like, okay, I haven't heard of them. We'll hop on a call, just hear them out. And then just one thing led to another, tried the product, liked it, started looking into the product label, like really researching everything, not being with the supplement company and deciding like, I only want to promote the best of the best to my audience and good clean products is kind of what forced me to learn more about the supplementation right. aspect in terms of the individualized ingredients and the whole process that goes behind it. And having that prior history of being with a supplement company that promoted banned substances, I, I was really taking my time and being completely thorough to sign with somebody who I agreed with. And there, there were she, companies... What'd she send you? It was literally just a basic introductory email. I was just hopping on calls with every company that I was in contact with gotcha. to hear them out and kind of hear what their brand message was and like their main goal. And there, there were brands offering like five-figure salaries, but I could not bring myself to promote that, like those products. <laughs> Hmm. to my audience for a few extra thousand dollars like i don't care like i i could give that money away but it doesn't matter i'm still just promoting a bad product and that's so not what, what i'm trying to do what is it that she said that was different than what everyone else is saying it, it wasn't so much of what she said it was actually trying the product and doing my own back-end ah, research so like we hopped on the first introductory call and then we kind of ended it off um sending out some very basic products it was protein the pre-gym x and then the post and those are like the three that i take daily yeah. Like my go-to and that's pretty much all you guys need like a protein powder You don't even really need a pre-workout, but I advise it. I, I really enjoy it I've, I mean, you know, you get the benefit of it and then the post as well And there's a whole product line like I did a lot of research into every single product line And one of the things I wanted to ask you about was yeah. the testosterone booster of course. because I've heard a lot about or I've seen a lot about how the testosterone boosters are pretty much like just placebo and how I was put on testosterone boosters when I was found to have naturally low testosterone or not like personally i had nothing so, so hearing your story with that yeah kind of so, like opened my mind a little bit yeah so so with with and, and i'll explain it the way jim does i mean you know this is why it'd be really cool for you eventually to get with him because he can break it down mm -hmm. um you know what i can do is i can I, I can talk at the level in which i know as as a brand owner and i know a lot about our products mm -hmm. Um, specifically what they do, how they do it, and then the application of you so that you get the result to where you don't have false promises to the consumer. Specifically, testosterone boosters and that testosterone boosting category itself. <clears throat> it's a two-way street. Jim and I uh, did a podcast um, a couple weeks ago talking about this very category um, pertaining to SARMs mm -hmm. versus like what, like, you know, my big thing is I know SARMs is a big topic, and I think that there's two different types of people who would actually take SARMs. 
It would be somebody like, you know, youthful like yourself, maybe not you, but I'm saying it's, like, it's really common in like the younger side of the fitness. Because they're looking for like, hey, how do I gain, how do I get optimal gains quick? And mm -hmm. they're new to fitness. And so they research something like, like, oh, wow, this is something I can take that's really going to help gain muscle. And then the other category is when, if you're not that guy, then what happens is, is once you've established your career, your family, guys in their 40s right who are coming back now they get some time to get back into the gym they're like mm -hmm. once again the goal is the same how do i get optimal results and so i think a lot of times they switch to sarms and so jim's position was the problem with sarms is that you never know what you're going to get um you know there's no standard like good sarms that you're going to get you just don't know and so there can be a lot of contraindications to that and the main contraindication is that you're not allowing your body to get efficient high levels of testosterone you're actually it's an androgenous effect like mm -hmm. you're putting testosterone into your system similar like trt in the sense that but you know what you're getting it's you know it, it, it's being advised by it's medical grade like it's uh, tested it's yeah safe. sarms is not right yeah, it's like it's the, all underground it's like the black market right mm -hmm. and so i i would highly encourage i'm not discouraging anybody from making their own choices but just prior to taking something understand what that is mm -hmm. so with our product for instance it's all herbs um you know fenugreek Uricoma, Damiana. So these are these are naturally found in nature. And there are synergies between everything too. So taking those ingredients are only going to increase testosterone levels naturally in individuals, males with testicles, mm -hmm. because that's where testosterone comes for comes from. So what what that product specifically does, in as simple terms as I can explain it, is that it essentially protects your testicles so that they can produce more sperm. That's it. But by producing more sperm, you actually have higher levels of testosterone. Women can take Alpha Gym, and some do, not for the benefits of taking testosterone. That's what is on the label. Testosterone booster, very transparent about the ingredients and the doses, and then there's research behind the doses that they have been shown to increase natural testosterone levels. And what n increasing natural testosterone levels means is allowing your testicles to produce more sperm. Um, that's how we naturally do it as males, as mm -hmm. men, as people with testicles. So in women, because they don't have testicles, they're not going to produce <laughs> sperm. Yeah. So. So the ingredients in there have other benefits because fenugreek is a, you know, quercetin is actually an ingredient that many people were trying to get by abundance because it actually does help in certain cases with your just overall health. And so quercetin was one of the big ones, especially during COVID because people were trying to get healthy. So people are out there getting, yeah. you know, stocking up on vitamin D, stocking up on vitamin C, stocking up on quercetin. Um, so quercetin is in that product as well. But again, for the purposes of if the right person takes them with testicles, it will help your testicles produce more sperm, thus increasing your testosterone levels. Um, so from a, from a standpoint of what you feel, and as I, I, I tell people, so the, the question is like, do you have to cycle it? No. Um, as a matter of fact, if you stop taking it, that's when you notice the differences. Um, I have gone through periods where I'll forget or I'll mm -hmm. run out or something like that. It could be like two or three days. And I'm like, fuck, where's my, like, we, we just, I just went camping with my family all last week. And it's probably the reason why I was like a maniac. I didn't have it. 
And I was in the worst fucking mood. And I felt so bad because my wife's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I forgot my alpha gym. And so you notice it when you don't take it. So when you start taking it, um, you know, it takes about like two weeks before you're like, and it's not like, oh my God, I feel so much better. It's just, you're like, dude, I feel like good. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you're going to notice differently immediately within like one or two days is your pee's orange. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. So does it have, uh, what is it? Vitamin B12 or something in it? No. No, so I'll, I'll actually get get a bottle um, and show it to you okay. uh, when, when we leave here. But for somebody like yourself um, who has a, you know, obviously a testosterone deficiency, um, we have had people who have um, testosterone, like one of our guys who works with us, his name's Justin Cam, young guy. Um, so he's he has, you know, unnatural low levels of testosterone. Um, and he does take our product, but I'm not going to, you know, reveal anything, but he, he does have to seek alternative measures too, just because, uh, he has an, a, a, an unnatural low testosterone, especially for somebody his age, right? Mm-hmm. Much like yourself. Yeah. Um, it would be good to kind of get Jim's updated take on alpha gym for, for somebody like yourself who, who has to take TRT. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Is yeah. That, I, you uh, know, it's a fact on someone who has like naturally low testosterone and right. then taking it like with TRT. It's, it, it's, I wouldn't be the one to sit there and break mm-hmm. that down for you. I'll yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can tell you what it does for the standard, for the average person who's, who has low, you know, who has naturally low testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. Cause as we mentioned, like, you know, uh, pre 25, 26 years old, your test levels should be high. If they're not, then something else is going on. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're, so it, it, as a matter of fact, when we launched that product, dude, um, we would get, Jim would get like all these people like, hey, you know, Jim, can I take it? Can I take it? Can I take You know, should I take it? Should I take it? And his first question is like, uh, how old are you? And if they're like, oh, I'm 21, 22, he's like, look, unless you have unnaturally low testosterone, you don't need it, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't start screwing around with your hormone levels, especially if you already high. If you're already at like you know seven hundred above, and you're st- you haven't peaked at twenty five, like you're good, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you should be fine. Don't start messing around with that at all. And not to say that the Alpha Gym does. It's just that you don't need it. Like save your money. Yeah. You know, don't spend you know the forty some dollars on a product that you don't really need. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 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 doing enough already just by being you. So go spend 40 bucks and take your girlfriend out or something like that, you know, yeah. like, like, like go do that. So he was always very open about that. Um, but let's, let's make sure that's on the list. That's mm-hmm. something that when you guys chat, just ask him about it. Cause he dude, he, uh, he'll fucking break it down. Like, uh, no, I, yeah. I'm expecting nothing less. <laughs> yeah. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. But well, man, look, I, I you know, we're going an hour 15 here. Um, I'm sure we're, I want to do more with you. Oh yeah. Um, we'll definitely run it back. Yeah. I think, I think it's, there's so much more that we can kind of get into. I think that you're, um, you're on the right track. So my last question before we go, because I said I had two, what do you want to do in the future? Like, what, what what's your kind of long? Do you have? And it's okay not to have it, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't. Right? Like, I have an I have an idea. Do you mean like just general, or in terms of like fitness, social media, like that? Aspect? Just in general, like what do you want? Ultimate goal. I can't wait to have a family, like a nice, healthy family. Just like coming home from work, whatever it is, just working for myself, just seeing my kids come home from school, just good wife, get that good family life, just having that, 
literally like so fulfilling just thinking about it. So yeah. I, I can't wait to someday experience that. It is speaking from like that is my greatest joy because that's all when I was your age, that's all I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually had five things that I wanted, right? And I wrote them down and I'm like, by the time I'm, well, at the time I was like, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to have these things. I got three of them, mm -hmm. right? Um, but definitely, you know, having a wife who I truly, truly was like infatuated with and like I, that was like my, like my rock. That's where I wanted. And then I wanted, you know, good, healthy kids. And it is, it is very frustrating, I'll say, um, at times. Oh, I can imagine. But it is like, and that's when, you know, we talk about California, everything, you're like, what, what would, you know, are you, are you good with your situation and here in the state and everything earlier? I'm good here, mm -hmm. right? And I'm so fortunate because, again, as I mentioned, I, I'm I'm two miles up the road from where we're at here. Um, my kids, even through COVID, you know, my kids were so well protected because we didn't let any of that bullshit that was going on, especially, I mean, they came after the kids hard, dude. Oh, I bet, yeah. Fucking hard. And so my wife and I, fortunately, we worked really hard to make sure that it didn't affect them at least in the best way possible with school mm. and all the other things and the masking and all that stuff. We didn't want our kids in, involved in any of that stuff. Um, and, and we understood the risk because we understand, mm. you know, we actually looked into it. We didn't, yeah. you know, listen to what some fucking media had told us. We actually looked at the data. Um, so because of that, and, you know, I, our, our neighbors where we live, like I'm in my forever home. I don't even want to move. Um, you know, if, if the state doesn't turn around, but my situation is very unique in the sense that, you know, I've created it and fortunate enough to surround myself with people who are just good people. Mm -hmm. And as you'll see, there's people who come in and out here. Like I said, most of these people are community members, the neighbors, the friends, the entrepreneurs, you know, like I said, some former athletes, celebs, things like that, but they're all good family oriented folks. And then again, here in this office, the people who work here, they're like family. I would do anything for these people. Um, and they've been with me for a long time. And even though some of them, like, you know, as I said, Mikey Mann and Luke and some of these other people who, you know, wanted to start their own pursuit with their own families and don't feel like this area is the best thing for them, then they've kind of moved on, but they are still part of this organization mm -hmm. and they intend to be for a very long time. So hopefully you do the same thing. Hopefully we can kind of help you create your own pathway mm -hmm. and we can be a part of that. Um, I would highly encourage you as much as you want to be here, this place consider it like a second home for you. Um, I'm super excited to have you here. I want to do more stuff with you. I think that the, there's a lot of opportunity for that. Cause I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, you mentioned with Jim, Jim is like the OG, right? Mm -hmm. But Jim is also you know, he, he speaks to an audience now who, who's known him for a long time. Getting your demographic, I think that his message has to be relayed mm -hmm. by you in a way that you understand it that makes sense for you so that you have, the, again, Jim is like the source. He mm -hmm. always, he goes, I don't consume anything. I'm like, because you, Jim, you're not trying to search like best yeah. supplements to take He's or like nutrition. I'm like, you're the guy who teaches it, dude. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you spent 20 years in school and researching and like writing books, like you wrote like LL Cool J's how to get fit, you know, his, his platinum 360 and, and Mario Lopez's book. And you trained Dwayne, the rock Johnson, you trained Dr. Dre, like in mm -hmm. the Kardashians, like, you know, you, he, he, you know, he worked with Rob Kardashian. So I'm like, you're the guy who people go to, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So 
Somebody has to listen to what you say and say, oh, I get it, and then explain it to their audience their own way. You're not going to make that connection with your audience. Mm -hmm. You are. Yeah. So hopefully you can kind of get as much information and um, ask as many questions. So the last thing I will ask you, is there any questions that you have for me before we end? Anything you want to know? You mentioned the the testosterone thing, and maybe hopefully I answer a little bit on that. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything for today, at least. I mean, <laughs> All right, fair enough. We had a pretty in-depth conversation. Yeah. I mean, we could start new topics, but that would definitely be like a longer. Well, let's save it for an episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to get more episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, listen, I, I truly appreciate it. Um, thank you for sitting down, especially so impromptu. I know this was kind of not. No, like, I love it. I love talking. Like, podcasting's sick. I love it. <laughs> awesome, dude. Awesome. Well, listen, I appreciate it. So, once again, guys, uh, thank you for listening to Gym Life Podcast. My name is Mike McElaine. Brian Schmidley. See you guys later. Take care.